0: Hey guys, welcome to Book Club Member Comics. My name is John Salinas and I'm here with
1: Aubrey Loveless and I'm Ross Radke. Hey, it's hey, Ross Radke. It's Ross. We finally got
0: you on the show, Ross. We did. Awesome.
1: I'm doing good. It's been, you know, it's a chaotic time of year, but
2: yes, it is that.
0: I wish it was over. <laughs> we're ready for it to be over, but enough about that because we're all getting together. It's the holidays. It's We're friendship. So, and Ross, you have been working so hard. You, you have, know. yeah. We've, uh, not only on your like actual job job, but also everything that you're doing for Milagro. Milagro and all the, and
2: all the cards that you're drawing, oh all the amazing God, cards. These, I guess yeah. Those
0: card sets are, oh man, those things are
3: amazing. Yeah, I,
1: I don't know what's wrong with me. It's like, <laughs> I was going to just take a month off to like just not have extra projects on my plate. And I'm like, you know what, I'm going to just take a bunch of commissions. just knock a whole bunch of commissions sabotage
2: myself and uh, yeah okay
0: you've been doing so many cool things Ross it's so great to finally get you on the show yeah thank you for
2: making time yes we know that you're busy
0: really cool if this is one of your first episodes you know this is our book club podcast we're reading comics we're talking to all of our friends and now Danielle's going to tell you all about it.
2: No, I'm not. Ben Decker is going to tell you about it.
0: Hey,
4: you damn guys! It's Benny Decker here, a uh, book club member, to tell you about the <laughs> Book Club Members podcast. Okay. Oh my goodness, it's so cool! So the here's point. the deal: there's going to be all kinds of crazy stuff to read. It could be, uh, it could be from Marvel. It could be one of the X Men thingies. It could be, uh, it could be Baltimore with a uh, Westmontice. Oh my goodness! It could be uh, a, a, a Harrow County. Tea with Mark oh. Tweedell. He could be on there. That's so good. Uh, I, I, there could be Invincible. Thanks, Aubrey. Now I need to go out and buy all of the Invincibles. You're Thanks. Welcome. I needed to spend more money. And uh, there we go. But there's so many things to choose from. They could be reading anything. <laughs> maybe, maybe a Chinese food menu. Who knows? But listen up. Grab your I'll floppies, grab your trades, your omnis. You can read it online. Whatever you do, do it legally, though, darlings. And uh, have fun because it's about friendship and book clubs and all that. So there you go. Back to you, John. Adorable.
0: Oh, Just yes, big dad energy. awesome. Yes. Awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate
1: that.
2: Well, that was fun. How about that? Yeah, ben that Decker, everyone. Yes, book, club member. Ben, yeah. book club member. Ben
1: Decker's the one who commissioned the um, Ninja Turtles card set I'm working on right now. Okay. Oh, yes. Right. Very friendship. cool. Friendship. Excellent. It's friendship. a small world. Yeah.
0: Beautiful. Love Thanks it. for supporting Ross, Ben. Yes, man. absolutely. He said, hey, you damn guys, I figured I'd give Danielle a week off. Thank you for that. For appreciate that. I'm loving the variety of the new show. And of course, the friendship. Keep up the great work. Oh, thank thank you. you. Thank you. That was a
2: lot of fun. I specifically appreciate that. So, yeah.
3: And
0: that's the first
3: one for the new podcast.
0: Oh, yes. Anytime
2: you want to do that, anybody listening to this, please do.
0: We might be hearing from Ben soon again. Oh, okay. Right on. Yes, I'll let you know. Let's do it. All right. And now we're going to go on to our listener feedback. Listener Listener feedback. feedback. (laughs) All right. You read a story.
2: We talk about it, you hate them guys, us, and it's a book
0: club, get out, some We got to Hey You Damn Guys from Hayden
2: Orr. Hayden Orr. Book club member. That's right.
0: Yeah, he said, great episode, you damn guys, and great job, Danielle, on taking the reins on this one <laughs> Re- regarding our X-Men episode. <laughs> nice. That was a lot of fun. He said, uh, I have to admit, I'm not always the biggest fan of Emma Frost, but your enthusiasm for her best. in this series was a little contagious. Honestly, all the characters present are so elevated when being written by Grant Morrison it's that true. it's hard not to enjoy them.
2: Yeah, and Quietly as well. I mean, they, they make a good team.
0: They do. Even when it's a character as horrible as Cassandra Nova, <laughs> I have to say that Morrison's writing is so good that even when it's paired with an artist that I'm not exactly a super fan of... I can still get pulled into the story. Luckily, though, the amazing writing is paired with equally amazing art here. Mm. Frank Quietly is one of those artists who can capture quiet and detailed character moments and convey genuine feelings through images, but he also has a mastery of insane kinetic action. Mm. His action scenes give such a cinematic feeling, and I can picture the fight between Nova and the X-Men like it was on a fucking IMAX screen. (laughs) Nice. This series is so great. I have a question, though. If you guys could pick a dream team of writer and artist for an X-Men series, other than Morrison and Quietly, of course, who would you pick? My pick would be Rick Remender and Daniel Warren Johnson. Okay. All right. I loved what Remender did with Uncanny Avengers and his X-Force run. And Johnson, I mean, come on. You could put that guy on any book and get some mind-boggling art. That's a good question. What do you think? Do you have an answer for that, Ross? What do you think? Who's your excellent I mean, dream team?
1: I, I love seeing writer artists. So Daniel Warren Johnson writing for himself. Yeah. I would love to oh, see. Yeah. You know. Kind of like what he did on Better A
0: Bill. Did you read that?
1: I haven't read that one uh, yet, no. it's good.
0: But yeah, he's doing both.
1: I have. I've read everything else he's, he's done, though.
3: Oh, nice. nice. That's a hard one. Because, like, I guess, like, you know, people I think about who would be fun to see write. Yeah. Um, like Jonathan Hickman, oh wait, he's already doing it. Uh, right, right. Robert, Robert Kirkman. I okay, so Robert Kirkman did a run on Ultimate X Men, um, yeah. you know, the spinoff comic, and he got kicked off like right towards them, like when he just started to get his stride and all that. And he was he seemed to have a real grasp of like an X Men story. I like to see him actually take on and do a full proper X Men story okay. from beginning nice. to end, kind of like the way Jonathan Hickman's doing. But Robert is not going to work for Marvel anymore.
0: Right, right.
3: And as for the art, fucking fucking James Heron would yeah. be amazing. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, there you go. Oh, yeah. we're going to
3: talk uh, about James Heron today. If we're talking about real dream team, fucking Jim Lee doing the art. <laughs>
2: Jeez. I can't. he's got to go back. Bring him back. Oh, bring him back. Yeah. They'll, they'll find him in a cabin in the mountains. <laughs> he's like, no, and they'll be no. like they'll be I like, no 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 no, "No, no, no. no, no, no." The they come in there and they're like, "You're a hard man to find." He's like, "Not hard enough apparently." That kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> you got to bring him back in for one more job. You There's know, be, that no. that
3: sort of a deal. I mean, if we're talking like dream team, well, that sounds something I'd like have to 12, think about it. 12 issues. Yeah. I'd, have
2: to, I'd have to think about that. I don't know. Yeah,
3: that's a good idea. Yeah. I'm, th- nobody's ever asked that question, but everybody's always asked the question of who's your dream X Men team? Yeah. Like, who would you right. put on your, but, like, who, who who's yeah, on your roster and all that? Book. But who's making the book? Fuck, I never
1: even thought about that. That's I'd read so a Ross good.
2: Radke X Men.
1: Yeah, there you go. I'd read that. In, so, for me, for the X Men, I would like to see them experiment with an anthology format
5: Okay. where, yeah.
1: where you had instead of having to buy 20 x-men titles yes you would have a jumbo-sized monthly book mm. that's got you know four 12-page stories in them or something like that do it Ooh, that by, sounds great. by and, and so like a couple of them could be ongoing each month and then you'd have a couple that were character spotlights with uh, up-and-coming artists and or, or like guys who can't commit to you know, doing twelve issues, but they might be able to do a twelve pager. Sure. Yeah. And I th- I think for, for me that would be fun aimed at new readers, but you still have a canvas, uh, you know, like to to play with the whole because X Men is so big. Yeah, yeah. you know, there's, there's so many things you can, so many flavors, and then and to get it all into one, you know, one title that I gotta buy.
0: That
3: sounds awesome. That's, yeah. yeah, that's a good idea. I, I,
0: I love that idea because I have too many suggestions. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. I love the team that is doing Little Bird, and right now they're writing Precious Metals. Yeah. That's Darcy Van Polgeese and Ian Bertram. I'd love to see Ian Bertram do the X Men um and that would be a great writer but i would also love to see becky Cloonan do the x-men yeah and she, yeah. And she writes and she also does the
2: art was that artist um, that, did that uh magic uh episode, episode issue that i oh
0: philip Andrade. yeah, yeah. yeah that yeah, would yeah. be a good artist uh, but i was also thinking of um
3: i was thinking her. of like jen bartell doing a fucking Ooh. x-men oh book. there you go Ooh, that yeah. would be a good one her work is just so bright and colorful yeah, and i love it to really death good. yeah
0: um but i oh um John Arcudi. Okay. Oh yeah. Oh uh, John yeah. John Arcudi and someone like Lawrence Campbell or Ooh. something like that. You bring in like a BPRD D, mm, a BPRD oh, team like that. Yeah, yeah. Because you know a team. what well, I mean. Um, John that's Arcudi an does. He, he he does those character moments that's so true. well. That's true. Yeah. You know, and then you bring in somebody like Lawrence Campbell oh, who so gives good. that like realistic kind of like grounded feel. I would love that. I think that would be like an amazing That'd kind of book. Awesome. I don't think john Arcudi would ever write the X-Men no, in a million years. Definitely not. But, I but would these are dream teams. He's yeah. a dream team there for sure. I think he would do amazing character moments with that book.
1: Uh, Arcudi and heron did a little short for one of the Batman black and white comics. Oh, uh, they did. So that's like an anthology format would be a good place yeah. where you can let creators who wouldn't true. usually yeah. come in to do big two work like this. You can then kinda like somebody get this yeah. to
0: Marvel do their little thing. Somebody Instead get of this uh, idea. Batman black and white, it would be X Men blue and
1: gold. Uh-huh. or something Ooh. like that. Yeah. Letting creators like come into the yeah. play in the sandbox yes. who might not otherwise do it. I'm I'm looking at my book and I'm thinking like Andrew McLean, Ooh. who did a uh, Headlopper. Headlopper, yeah. Like, that's a good one. Like Ooh. people that you would never think of on an X Men book. Yes. Let yes. them do a, a, a short story. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. That's a great idea. Good job there, Ross. Love it. Excellent question. Shouldn't Thank help you, Hayden. Fucking Guy yeah, Davis. Thanks, Hayden Orr. Yeah, Guy Davis. Uh, <sighs> that's, I wish he would come back to Comics and just do anything. <laughs> it doesn't even have to be excellent. Just anything. do whatever. I'll buy it. Yeah. We also heard from Drew Campbell. Drew Campbell. Book club member. Yes. He said, Found the dupe. Oh, oh I love <laughs> you. Win, uh, you win the No Prize. That's our Drew dupe Campbell. Spotter. Yes.
2: We get another Hey Damn Guys from Hayden Orr.
0: Hayden Noor, book club
2: member, great episode, you damn guys, and Wes Matice is back.
0: Yes, thank you,
2: Wes.
3: Yes, thank you, Wes. That was a lot of fun.
2: And I agree that Friendship Corner sounds like a fun place. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, I gotta say, Hagus is a petty bitch that lives for drama, that is true. He doesn't really hate Baltimore that much, he just gave him an excuse to be dramatic and extra, Yes. and Hagus <laughs> is loving it. This arc is great, and I agree with Danielle. I love a good crew assemblage. Also, that fellow is not just a Hitler. He's the Hitler. Well, the Outerverse version of him, at least. The series and the other Outerverse books really get into the alternate history trope, and I love it.
0: That's awesome. Okay.
2: I'm so excited. Well, it's not awesome. It's not awesome, awesome. but I
0: like the alternate history. I love the historical fiction. We love historical fiction. I love historical fiction. I just, ah, I eat that shit up. I don't eat shit. (laughs)
2: i'm so
0: (laughs) i really didn't even think that i'm just gonna start (laughs) a new take i'm gonna
2: start a new take i'm so excited for you guys to get further into baltimore and joe Gollum and lady baltimore stuff lady baltimore i can't wait to hear what you guys think about all these stories and ben stenbeck's art on the series is always great but you can see it definitely improve over the years stenbeck's work is some of my favorite in comics but i find it kind of hard to describe it's stylized but at the same time the proportions and anatomy it's fairly accurate. Yeah. <laughs> it's detailed, but sometimes minimalist. It's static, but conveys motion really well. I don't know how to describe his work other than it fucking rules. <laughs> and ever since reading Baltimore, I've loved any collaboration between him and Mignola. Also, horrible vampire nuns. So great. Yes. yes. All right. Thank you, Hayden Orr. Awesome. We appreciate yeah. you every week. Thank you so much. You gotta get him on here. I know. Just get him on here
0: we really do you know that's what i was trying to convey last week there was this one panel where he turns right before that tree demon grabs him Mm -hmm. and i was like it looks realistic like i could see what he looks like but it's also very stylized and cartoonish but it's also i don't know it is hard to describe it's It's hard to grasp that yeah it's good stuff what do you think of Stenbeck's work ross how would you describe it i I love it. it i
1: love it but like Go, going back to that one uh, crazy chart I made, like, I was about to mention that who, I was
2: like, "Didn't you put him on that chart that you made?"
1: Yeah, he'd be like, he's like floating towards the center because yeah. it it's just it's like a nice uh, the line art's clean, yeah. which gives it that cartoony feel. But there's nothing really cartoony about the like. There's no exaggerated. Yeah. Anatomy or facial expressions or anything. I I so. remember
2: that so clearly that you put him like almost in the middle of that chart. I remember that.
1: It's just, that's the sweet Ross spot, would be I guess. the guy to ask. <laughs> and I, that that that's the type of style that I think is so hard to riff on there's not like one thing that you can be like that's a a ben Stenbeck thing even though the art itself is very distinctive it's i don't i don't know how to describe that i'm not really describing that very well but
2: no we're all having a hard time that's the whole point of this
0: discussion is that his art is so it's right there in the sweet spot of all the different descriptors yeah
3: yeah you should repost that or john you should repost repost it i'll repost it this week for all of our new listeners who maybe not seen it yet
0: yeah that's a great one yeah good job
3: we also heard from Mark Tweedell.
0: Mark Tweedell. Book club member. That's right.
3: Mark says, lately, whenever Blavatsky is mentioned, I keep hoping Violet Tweedell will be mentioned too.
0: I googled who Violet Tweedell is. I was like, who is this person? That's an actual person.
3: She was a poet in Scotland in the uh, 19th century. And she
0: was and also a spiritualist. a spiritualist. And she was associated with Blavatsky. She was a real person, and she's related to Mark Tweedo. That's
2: pretty cool. That's oh, wow. That's crazy. And
3: then Hayden goes on to say, well, I think we can all agree this makes it canon that you exist in the Mignolaverse, talking to Mark, what? possibly yeah. working for the BPRD.
0: Mark is tangentially associated with like this spiritual... You know, and yeah. um, she wrote a lot of articles, you know, she was a poet and Mark does a lot of writing. I don't know. I just think that's very interesting. That is pretty cool. You know what I mean? That is so cool to have that hereditary connection or whatever. Very cool. And
3: then Mark also says, I mean, come on, if you have fuck you money, you totally buy awesome chocolate. there in Switzerland after all. Yes. Oh, <laughs> and they went to go buy yes, chocolate.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, you would do that. That's awesome. And now we're going to go on to our book club episode for the week. And this week, we're going to be checking out Ultra Mega, Ultra Mega by James Heron and Dave Stewart. This was Ross's recommendation. I nice. gave Ross, like, I was like, hey, what do you want to do? And he was like, ah, oh, I can't pass this up. Mm. So, yeah, so you good. want to talk a little bit about your love for this book, Ross?
1: I mean, I've been a fan of James Heron's work for a long time. Um, back Back in the days when I was posting Pokemon fan art on DeviantArt. Nice. You know, in, in high school. <laughs> nice. <laughs> you know, I was following him. Before I even got to his work in BPRD, I mean, I think it's safe to say there's a lot of Heron imitators out there now in comics. Sure, he, yeah. He, he has yeah. such a unique style that's like a missing link between like manga, anime, and then like you know classic Jack Kirby comics. Okay. With with that '90s image feel thrown in there, like it's you can see all these different influences in it, but it, it's it comes together and makes something that just totally unique
2: like a cohesive style and not just yeah yeah okay nice
1: yeah uh, you know, and i've actually met him a couple of times at co- comic conventions so he's he's a really nice guy too he's he's given me some feedback on my comics work over the oh, years that's awesome. oh nice that's he's Given great. me some uh you know portfolio uh advice and that's things so, so nice that took um,
2: the time to do that that's really cool
1: so I, I don't know i was really excited when i was he was on rumble with john Arcudi writing yes. yeah and then he he came mm-hmm. off the book and didn't do anything for, like, three years. There's, like, a three-year gap where he would do occasionally, like, a little a co- a cover or a, or a little, like, short here and there. And I'm like, oh, I hope he's working on something cool. You know, like, I hope he's, yeah. he's he, I hope, uh, you know, and I, and I was wondering, and at some point I had asked him, I was like, are we working on something? And he's like, yeah. But he didn't say anything beyond that. And, and I know that when Ultra Mega was finally announced, there are so many other artists that were like oh this is what you've been working on so he'd been keeping it pretty close to the chest oh though, right yeah, oh, no. Nobody yeah like even
0: about
1: it. yeah at, at least that was my impression um it seemed like this just kind of dropped out of out of nowhere um from skybound they're like first issue is going to be over 60 pages and you know had some of the preview art there that was really exciting especially like finding out he's he's doing a kaiju story too which i've spent a whole lot of time over the last few years sure, like in, yeah, in yeah. um uh, so I was, I was really like kind of excited and nervous to see what his take on it would be i had a lot of excitement about this book going into it and i know that like i wasn't alone some of my other artist buddies you know we i have never done this before but this is like the first time where i read this comic and i immediately started messaging a few other artist buddies of mine, have be like, "Did you read this yet?" Yeah, yeah, and you know, kind of start going back and forth on it. Um, and I didn't know what to expect from his writing because we, you know, we've seen his art. Oh um, yeah, this is I, his first like he's doing it all, right? Yeah, yeah, and I, you know, I didn't come into it with a lot of expectations. Like I didn't, as long as it wasn't terrible, right? As long as it wasn't obnoxiously stupid or something. Like <laughs> the, the writing wasn't wasn't that important. I, mean, I shouldn't say it wasn't important, but it was like. I just wanted him to lean into his wacky,
5: yeah. you know,
1: stuff he wanted to draw, and that's ex- and is exactly what this book is. It's just him leaning into all the kind of wacky stuff that first attracted me to his work back when I was just following him on DeviantArt, and just I, I've sent you that link, John, of, of like I, I recommend any, anyone who's a fan of his work go go look up his old DeviantArt page and just scroll all the way back to the beginning and look at some of the bizarre like Kirby. cosmic weirdness and and like cool uh spider-man venom fan art that's kind of more in a manga style like just all this wacky stuff that um i mean you can tell even 10 years ago he was pretty much fully formed as an artist with his uh, unique take and and
0: style it's really cool yeah some of the stuff that you sent me was amazing and there was some stuff that kind of alluded to some of the ideas that are in this book yeah, um, yeah that was really some interesting old,
1: some old portfolio pages that he did that kind of had uh starts out similar to his book with people in a diner and then one guy turns into a big goopy eyeball monster
0: yeah yeah i was definitely excited for this book i i immediately called my local comic book store and put it on my pull list i was like yes I'm, i want this book thanks bedrock yes i had idea that it would sell out so i was just like once people see this everyone's going to be buying it so and that is what happened
1: Right off the bat, the cover, the the Ultra Mega, I mean, it's pretty on the nose that this is going to be some sort of riffing on on Ultraman. Oh, yeah. The okay. uh, classic, uh, and I'm probably going to mispronounce this, Tokusatsu, which basically just means, like, special effects movies and TV shows sure. in Japan. Yeah. You know, Power Rangers, Kamen Rider, Ultraman. Those are all tokusatsu, but, um, that, that's, that's a broader genre than just giant monsters and robots. Once yeah. you introduce the giant monsters, then, then it's the, uh, Daikaiju genre. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. So, so Daikaiju means giant strange beast. Kaiju is strange beast. And so, yeah, when I was working on Stomped, I, uh, which is the kaiju comic that I put together in last year, I'm still working on. Yes. Um, yes. So good. I, yes. I like. I started binge watching as many giant monster movies as I could. Nice. I watched all like I think there's like 30 Godzilla movies now, and That's so uh, awesome. like a dozen Gamera films and Mothra, Rodan, and I just started watching actually the uh, the original Ultraman series too. Um, and and none of that has anything to do with this book. Uh, the, <laughs> this book like kind of despite using that some of that visual vocabulary is definitely putting its own spin on the genre oh yeah it's interesting seeing that this like totally fresh take um, so the, the first page you it starts with a black panel says it's here a virus a plague and you get this weird cafe that in the background already you see these little robots and this weird uh like it's not the Starbucks logo it kind of
3: it's got kind of a play on the Starbucks logo there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: But he's got but it's got like an eyeball on top. Um, oh, yeah. Which, yeah, that's a pretty important motif used throughout the book.
5: Yes. I love
1: it. And then and then the ne- very next panel you've got some dude like sitting dinner or breakfast with his family and his head is <laughs> one of the most like the first of many incredibly grotesque and hilarious <laughs> like body morphs in this in this book. Man,
3: it is. When I, when, I, when I first read this, I was like, what the hell just happened to that guy?
1: Yeah, like, from page one, I'm like, this is exactly what I wanted this to be. Just wacky, grotesque. But, yeah, so the basic premise that they outlined in, like, this first couple pages is that there's a virus that kind of randomly manifests that turns normal human beings into gigantic monsters. And then on the very next page... You get this big goofy looking cosmic guy sitting on a giant eyeball, yeah, yeah, <laughs> explain <love> it, <laughs> yeah, one thing I love about this book too is is it's hard- you like you can't tell where James Heron ends and Dave Stewart begins right their yeah. their work together is so seamless, yeah. Like looking at the like the kind of uh, cosmic lightning and aurora borealis type yeah, stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
3: This this panel, I mean this this page is just so beautiful with the colors, but then also kind of weird and grotesque, but not really. I mean, I fucking love this thing. <laughs> it's so colorful. I love it.
1: Yeah. There's a lot of stuff where I mean, uh, Heron's artwork is very textured. Uh, he uses you know like ink splatters and and screen tones and things and and that dave stewart's doing a lot of that too in the colors where you were like nothing is just a solid color there's always a a, like a a little bit of a grit yeah yeah
2: it adds so much texture and life to
1: the
2: composition
1: i just stared at these pages for so long uh trying to figure out like who who was doing what and how this, you know, how, what the what the original art would have looked like.
3: I mean, I would love to see the actual just the just the art without the color, just see, yeah, just see what it would compare it to. It.
1: Um, I, it so I think it's all it should still all be up on um, uh, Felix comic art, right? The, okay, yeah. Felix is solid, his art yeah. dealer. I actually, I, I was thinking about buying some pages. They're a little. Uh, Outside my price range, but uh, I was telling—I <laughs> was
0: actually telling that story the other day. We were all excited for these pages. We were going to buy some, and then they dropped, and it was like, "Whoa!" Okay. Yeah, you told yeah. me that. Not that I was they just aren't like, worth
2: oh. that. They're obviously no, easily they worth that.
0: But I was like, "Wow!" I was not. But we're thinking out of that. the and then, game, and then, yeah. and, then, and then and then they sold out. So hey, if that's what you
2: can—if that's, that's what good. you can get
0: for
1: your
2: yeah, for your pages, absolutely.
1: Please Let, do I mean, it. Yes. yes, you know, thinking about things like from my perspective is like trying to trying to make a living as an artist if if you spend three years on on a passion project before the first issue even comes out i mean i don't know what sort of deal he had with the publisher but it's it's got to feel good to eventually release those pages like original art and there's your three years of salary right there it's something to celebrate (laughs) for sure it's something to
2: really you know the fact that we still value art an Mm -hmm. artist to that degree i'm glad that somebody with that kind of money is is doing that because you know oh yeah that's good
1: i I think that some of the issues like sold out right like i think they released a couple issues yeah like a full issue got bought by one by one person
0: yeah oh wow yeah and those are 45 page issues the rest of the issues
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah okay good yeah it's good it's good to know there's still people who who value um the people like heron who are actually putting ink on paper not not that there's you know i work digitally there's nothing wrong with digital but there's just a little bit of a sure yeah a a different level of of like dedication and craft that goes to that you know you you can't take as many shortcuts
2: however people who are uh commissioning digital artists that's great thank you for doing that we love that
0: so this guy is he's this is like the green lantern
1: moment right or something like that or he sticks this crystal into this dude's chest, uh, <laughs> an the eyeball dude's crystal. Wearing, like sweatpants, has a, has a mustache, He's like, All right, and a, okay. kind of like a mullet going on. Sure. Yeah. And wakes up on the couch, is a TV dinner on the table. He uh, He's his wife is on sleeping TV. in the bedroom. <laughs> oh, also, like the um, newspaper on the table's got the classifieds open, so this guy doesn't even have a job. Yeah. Right. So then we find out that he was a, a, not a, you know, a boxer who wasn't that great. Did some janitorial work and then got replaced by these little robot guys.
0: Boopy boop. <laughs> I like that. I like the yeah. little sign up top, too, that says, we can do it for you.
1: Yep. Oh, yep. yeah. There's a lot of little
0: details like that. Babe care and the robots yeah. taking care of a baby.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was like, it's kind of this weird, with the virus angle and the robots taking over, I mean... It's not that far fetched. As as wacky as everything this this yeah. story is, there's enough of that, like kind of like that Black Mirror sort of like, yeah. you know, this isn't too far out. Like it's not so far out that you can't relate to it. Yeah. I guess.
3: Yeah, yeah. They, they talk about like robots taking over like more like
0: menial jobs in the future, yeah, and mm-hmm. like that. So a robot took my job. There's a <laughs> sign down there at the bottom that says that.
1: So basically, this guy just. Is- just, you know, nobody. I think later on we'll find out his name's Jason. He he get, gets this power. It seems totally random. We, we cut to a couple other characters real quick who have apparently also been gifted this ultra mega power. Uh, this, this kid who's building robots and this guy <laughs> who's, like, in a bloody hotel room. We don't know what's going on there.
0: Right. Yeah. And his name is just urn
1: yeah. Um, had I looked up a lot of these names. Uh, I didn't really find anything on Meyer or Urn. Both of them are, I guess, German names, uh, okay. but yeah, not not really tied to any sort of like mythology or anything that I could find. Um, but there's a few names that come up that definitely are. Yeah, it kind of immediately starts to have you ask these questions about the relationship between the Kaiju and the Ultra Mega, right, because right. the, the People apparently only transform into the giant monsters when they're nearby in Ultra Mega. Yeah, yeah. that
2: threw me a little
1: bit. I was like, okay. Oh, yeah. So so this guy, I mean, as far as we can tell, he's just been wandering around for years. So, yeah, he said years and years with no days off. He just wanders around, and then people turn into these giant, horrible monsters that he has to kill. And, and immediately the question that I have in my mind is, why doesn't this guy just stay at home? Sure, yeah. Like, or, yeah. You know, <laughs> stay away like from if everybody. Not, yeah, if he's not out there looking for these things, would they just be normal people going about their normal lives?
3: You know, most likely, but it seems like he's thinking that the idea like... Um these monsters keep coming i have to go defeat them he hasn't figured out that they only pop up when he's there
0: yeah okay
2: he, yeah so that makes me sent th- on a quest that makes me think that this quest master guy that gave him the abilities or whatever is he working for the virus because that seems like just right. don't have anyone who has the ability to make people turn into horrible gross monsters that that's bad if they're not around they don't happen so is he giving them the virus right. i don't yeah. understand that that's that doesn't make sense
0: I I also, I I, I think it's interesting to how much storytelling is within the, these couple pages. Like, um, it's kind of like it, there's some parts where I'm like, oh wait, this happened. Like, it's like, keep up. Like, because one thing that we learned very quickly, we kind of skipped over it, but the kid that builds the robots, his ultra mega loses an arm. Oh yeah, in the, in a in a battle or something like that. So then they, but also with this guy and you know his whole story is just a lot of it is you're just picking this up through the art and it doesn't really I don't know kind of hits you over the head sometimes. You're like, wait, wow, okay, yeah, this is happening. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah,
1: there's definitely stuff that like that gets picked up on a reread um, because because the pacing of this book again being like sixty pages, it's like the length of three normal single issues. There's a lot of world building crammed into the first few pages, and then a lot of world building kind of crammed into the end, and then the the middle is just these big extended action
0: yeah.
5: set pieces. Yeah.
1: So,
0: and this is a part where it kind of like the the transformation is immediate. I mean, they re, they see each other. He sees the woman. There's the two panels where they're kind of like transitioning, and then you just like yeah
5: yeah
1: mm-hmm. the
0: giant the, splash. I mean the
1: lettering uh, changes from black to red oh when, yeah, yeah it's yeah, kind of signaling that That's transition very subtle which lettering was uh by russ wooten uh, by the way i don't know if we said that but oh, okay. uh, yes, yeah thank the other you. other collaborator in here so after those really like expositiony really densely packed five pages then you open up on a massive two-page spread uh of the ultra mega grabbing onto the head of this big creature bursting out of the supermarket yeah
0: yeah i love big... that that yeah. is so cool i mean it's already like it's mid-action you know what i mean it's just uh it's tremendous
1: it, it does it gives you that sense that it's so fast it's like you he's starting his face has transformed on the page prior. And then and then they're just exploding out of the building. Right. Yeah. yeah. I don't like all the um,
3: detail in the uh, destruction, of the, the rubble, and the cars and everything. But yeah. it's a lot, but it's not overwhelming.
1: Yeah. And 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 again, you have uh, so this ultra mega design is so similar to Ultraman.
5: Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. it's
1: it's not even trying to like hide that you know it's just a big tall blue guy with a with like a horn on his head and big glowy eyes and having having just like recently started watching the original ultraman series you've got these two guys in rubber costumes who are just like wrestling each other <laughs> knocking over <laughs> knocking over like these toy set like mom. cities
5: yeah
1: with with like a backdrop it's just fun you know kid stuff and you're not really thinking about oh what about all those people in that building that that guy just stepped on yeah you know or what about and there's little bits of violence too, so Ultraman might, you know, rip off a monster's arm or something. And you're not thinking about, oh, that's the blood splatter is gonna be like blood drops the size of trucks. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. And and that's definitely, you know, one of the things that this book shoves in your face is that collateral damage. You know, it's not we're seeing most of this from the ground level. Yeah. Yeah. And, ex- and then kind of experiencing just how, how awful something like this would actually be, you know, a genre that is typically considered kid fair, you know, yeah. Power Rangers and whatever. And, and it's just saying, yeah, but if that really happened, like, how... <laughs> terrible would that actually be so the fight he grabs a kid uh the monster flings him into the air and he he hands the kid off to some civilians and says i i think he's just unconscious get to safety now so like even there, you don't even know if he really even saved that kid or not right yeah and then this creature th- what what looked like the creature's head glurgs back into this weird <laughs> <laughs> pudgy like little guy, he a guy. he's a guy he's a guy Yeah, he's like a little
0: Furby or something. I don't know. He's
2: a big Furby.
0: He's a big, ugly Furby thing. Yeah,
1: he's got this big, long head. He's got a head on the end of his tongue. He's got multiple rows of teeth. It speaks. It says, must make ready for my queen. Little things, eat them, eat them all. So yeah, this thing's rambling on about how he has to devour everything for its queen it's going to become bloated and beautiful. A vessel of pickled human wool for my queen. And they show okay. it like what it's imagining becoming this just big, huge yeah. container of, you know, digesting bodies.
2: Gross, but also at the same time has goals.
1: Yeah. Admirable. <laughs>
2: Admirable. Yeah. The,
1: these, the kaiju in this, and we get a little bit of taste in this issue, but it's developed a lot more in, in future issues. They're, they're all like little aspirational guys. Like they all have, you know, these plans and. Yeah, these goals of you know eating people and being bigger—they're
3: uh, <laughs> all just growing kaiju, and they just need to eat more.
1: Yeah, this is little kids. Like they, they got to eat all of their all their food so they can grow big and be strong, like their like their mommy. <laughs> it kind of has that weird kind of feel to it. Yeah. So so they they fight. It's graphic. They trade blows. Uh, fight for a few pages, and then he he uses a, a ultra mega beam. Which again, Ultraman Man has a Spacium beam where he crosses his arm and shoots out his laser. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So that's kind of a, a classic trope of the of the genre, and just explodes this guy.
3: Well, I like how his uh, his hand is in the creature's mouth, and that's why he does mm-hmm. the Ultra Mega beam, and it just—I mean, I don't—I th- mean, like that's pretty cool to see. Like I've seen him do like the beams, but I've never seen him like shove it in their mouth and do the beam.
0: Yeah, it's really great, and the the action is tremendous. I mean. Um... The lettering too, the monster's got the nom nom as it's like eating his arm and stuff like that. That stuff is really fun.
1: I was gonna point that out. So yeah, the the monster doing the the nom nom thing. After he kills it, the Ultra Mega is like queen, what queen would that be? Giving us the idea that this guy really doesn't even know what he's doing. You know, there's still a lot of stuff about this situation with the kaiju he doesn't know. In the next page he shrinks back down to normal size and so this is what I was gonna say. There's a body there. And it looks like the Oh the you're woman right, it's you're the right. Woman Who yeah. Transformed. yeah, so it's almost like that big monster after all it, it dissolves, she's there back to normal. Yeah. Yeah. Unless unless that's just meant to be like a casualty. No, I think that's definitely the, the woman. Yeah. Yeah. And then you get the close up of this baby going nom nom. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, I mean they're definitely I mean that was definitely intentional, trying to link the idea of this. This colossal, nasty creature is basically just like a hungry baby. Yeah. And so we find out that this guy, he's got a wife and a kid. Uh, The kid's name is Noah. So, all right, here's where I start getting some of these notes with some of these names. Um, Noah, obviously, most famous from the Bible, the uh, book of Genesis. He's the guy who put together the ark Mm. and. Saved all the animals from the flood, worldwide flood. And then his wife's name, Moriah, is yeah. a feminine of Moriah, which is the mountain Abraham was going to sacrifice his son, Isaac. Okay, um, huh yeah most of these names that yeah have some sort of biblical thing that that's tied into these you know either surviving or or sacrificing a child right and then uh, I mean, the main guy Jason i mean the main main thing with Jason i could find was just Jason and the argonauts which is just you know yeah a classic greek myth so he's talking to his wife on the phone and she says she's watching the news and like so this this panel down at the bottom it's like it doesn't even draw that much attention to itself except for their dialogue is like, your head is huge.
5: <laughs> yeah. When I first
3: saw this, I was like, what's going on with his
1: head? <laughs> yeah. Like, like it almost looks like it was like he goofed up on the perspective and, yeah. and, and then you like, you read the line where the, his wife's like, is your head? Okay. <laughs> he's like oh yeah it'll, it'll pop back into shape like no worries but, <laughs> but I, I don't know like it's so goofy i but i i just i just love what that a weird little
0: detail about what would happen when well, you were shrinking back yeah another thing that was like
3: um i noticed this one this time around when you see the guy give him the crystal at the beginning he's got a big head too
0: oh yeah yeah okay yeah they also have an ultra mega little bobblehead thing on their tv which is kind of cute
1: yeah yeah there's a few places like that where you see in the background like the ultra mega are kind of celebrities i guess or like they're treated they've been commodified yeah yeah so then we cut to a delivery guy delivering groceries to this lady in a house out looks like quite a ways outside the city yeah and you see this, like, very ominous silhouette of a boy. Very creepy yeah. little kid. That's not creepy at <laughs> all. <laughs> um, you know something's up immediately because she's her work balloons are black with, like, white, kind of almost, like, greenish lettering. She makes some small talk with the delivery guy. And then we see her backside is just, like, just made up of these, like, weird maggot- maggoty things. Yeah.
0: That yeah. is such a cool reveal, though. I love stuff like that. You got the lightning and everything, you know, the sound effect, very cinematic.
1: And, and then, as a delivery guy, he comments uh, comments on how nasty it smells. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the next page, we see that there's just tons and tons of these grocery bags that are just rotting food, and uh, what was supposed to be the, the boy just crumbles apart into these nasty worm things, <laughs> and like reassimilate back into the mom's body, and uh-huh. then you, yeah, then you have something like kind of like moaning mother oh yeah coming from the basement what is uh, so what's the point of the groceries
0: i thought like okay maybe if they no. kill the delivery guy but like why are they ordering groceries and then just throwing them there is that for like the maggots or something or
3: oh it could be
1: yeah or like just I hate to like it all this <laughs> keep up appearances of, of i don't know i don't know why you interesting do
3: that. yeah oh well i mean if it's if it is like food rotting and the maggots come and then maybe it's a way to kind of sustain and feed herself or get new
4: yeah maggots to become okay. a
1: part of it yeah
0: we thought Ugh. about this too much
2: it's so gross
1: <laughs> it is it cuts to another scene and we get this um old old-fashioned old-timey phone ringing and we're in this weird like party thing where there's these like yeah. monopoly guy and a goat monopoly and a guy <laughs> it's some oh yeah and yeah and and so that's the the Starbucks logo with the eyeball. I mean, this is the same similar motif. Yeah. I really like yeah. the sculpture
3: yeah. they've got up here. It's kind of a so, Illuminati kind of thing.
0: Yeah. It reminded me of like the Heliopic Brotherhood and stuff like that that we've seen like kind of secret ancient societies and stuff like that. I like that. how
2: they're but I like how they're making fun of these stupid fucking assholes
0: oh yeah
4: because
2: they're trying to do they're trying to do their eyes wide shut shit but they just look like a bunch of fucking goobers (laughs) yeah you know what i mean
1: and there's a goat there (laughs) what's thou
2: likes to live deliciously
1: and and the and the blowjob the professional blowjob yeah yeah yeah
2: black phillips hanging out and he's like man this party sucks i gotta get out
0: of here but but that's um that's Steven Meyer, that's the kid. Yes. That was the all, he was an Ultra mega, and he lost an arm, so you see here he has like a robot arm that he's eating an apple with.
1: Yeah, so you get you get the idea that he's kind of a uh, like uh, Ozymandias from from Watchmen okay, kind of situation yeah, yeah, where yeah. he's He's obviously profited from his, both his inventions, but also probably the notoriety of being one of the Ultra Mega. The, the, you know, the logo on the wall, I'm wondering, like, so is he, is he like running like the franchise of all these like businesses? As right. Things?
3: Oh, he might be.
1: Um, yeah, that, that makes in, perfect sense. In that bottom panel, too, you can see in the back, there's, there's a, a robot there that comes into, you know, they show yeah. later is these giant mechs he'd been working on that were supposed to, Replace the Ultra Mega in fighting the kaiju. I okay. like when
2: this little robot is offering this guy some pants. Yeah. <laughs> yes.
1: Oh, right. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah they're, they're helpful. They're just there to help. They're so helpful. You can't be mad at them for taking your no, job because they're so polite. polite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but again, I feel like it's like, keep up. Okay, here's this kid. And then now this what this is what happened to him. And okay, now he's an
1: adult. Yeah, I mean, so that, that kind of gives you another indication of just how much time has actually passed because when they first introduced that character, he... Yeah, he's a young kid and now he's, you know, he says this is his bachelor party
0: right
1: yeah so then on this next page we get another disgusting reveal as they go back to that one body the kaiju host she starts uh, talking to Jason uh, and uh, says do I look like what you ran away from what you left in the dark what you cast into the dark grows Jason ready to restore balance to the genocide you call order so again like as disgusting as this is you're getting the idea like these kaiju they aren't mindless creatures just causing devastation like they they have a common purpose we don't quite know what that is yet and then it says it's time to meet your son Jason and then this nasty, nasty page of all these maggoty things coming out of her mouth. The word the weird... bubble
0: too. I love yeah. that weird like that is that makes it even more kind of terrifying and upsetting.
1: Yeah, that it's like it's it's not even it sounds that a human couldn't even make, but yeah. it's but it's still speech, right? It's got a word balloon. It's still yeah. some sort of speech. Yeah. And he says Lilith. So Lilith is uh, he's this guy's wife that we saw in the house and. Again, this this name is really on the nose. Uh, Lilith is a character from uh, Jewish mythology who is not not actually in the Bible at all. Um, yeah. came, comes comes later, supposed to be the the f- first wife of Adam who. Uh, wouldn't, wouldn't obey Adam. And so Adam, like, complained to God and was like, Hey, this, this woman doesn't do what I tell her to. So she, like, got cast out of the garden and God gave Adam Eve as the replacement. So, the replacement. A lot of, yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, you know, it's the yeah, Bible. Yeah, yeah. Misogyny. That's what they do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, uh, but she's supposed to be like the mother of demons. There's lots of different interpretations. And, okay, right,
3: and okay. Yeah, yeah, sometimes she's the mother of vampires. Yeah.
1: So the name Lilith that appears in the book of Isaiah is is just a word that the translators like basically they just didn't know what it was and and so like now now translations will just call it vowel. but back when like the king james bible came out they would just like transliterate the words if they didn't really know what they were so that's where we get like leviathan and behemoth those are just words that they didn't really know what they were supposed to be so they just left them as that word
5: Hmm.
2: in, in judaic mythology she's she comes up and she's, she appears in various things yeah. and whatever.
1: Again, I don't know if this was intentional or not. Um, but um, the creator of Ultraman, A.G. Tsuburaya, I could be wrong. I, I remember hearing like he was actually Christian. And so he incorporated or he at least was interested in Christian like, symbolism because he incorporated a lot of that into the original Ultraman show, which was later than if you've ever seen um, uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion. Yes the reason why there's so much Christian imagery in that was because he was referencing Ultraman. Yeah. So it like, it was like two things removed Removed, where it was just like, uh, Stanley or Jack Kirby or someone putting ninjas or samurai in their thing. They don't really like have a deep connection to that. Sure.
2: Yeah. Culture.
1: They just like, Oh, that just looks cool. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So, So for us, yeah. So for us, it's like a tired cliche but it's kind of like it's coming circular through these Japanese shows where they're just like, this just looks cool, right? This guy was right. built to a cross. What's that all about? You know?
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and it's so yeah, metal, so, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like they are not they're not. It's so embedded into, like, into society baggage. that we don't think twice yeah. about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: That's that's interesting.
1: Jason knows that this, this Lilith is is up to something. He runs off. We cut back to the basement, and she goes. It's almost like the uh, like David Bowie labyrinth thing where you're not even sure which direction is up.
0: Right. Yeah. She starts walking on the walls and stuff. and
1: Yeah. And you get this nasty thing hanging from the cave, and <laughs> on the next page, there's, there's this, like, like an egg or cocoon
0: yeah so we see it's got like this gross like tendrils hanging down from it and then as we the tendrils are attached to this giant sack there's something growing in there yeah
1: Mm -hmm. i'm wondering
0: it's really gross but i love this it's so cool that's Ah.
1: that's her like real body like the human one is just like a part of her that she sent out. Oh, and yeah. body oh I see right it there.
0: now. I yeah. see. Yes, you're right.
1: So this is her son that she's going to send out to go fight the ultra mega. So yeah, the next page, I don't know, just kind of like a uh, scene with the, the mom and, and the his, his so his second wife and second son. Right. And then he's driving well, they, and we hear the doom,
0: they hear like the doom in the distance. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So that's that must be the, uh, the the monster son crawling out. Right. So we get a little bit of a glimpse uh his prior life. He and his wife were getting ready for a baby he's complaining about the little robot nanny something is wrong and we cut away from there though and get back to him arriving at the house so it's you know i guess this is the same house this was his old house right
3: well and then also i mean like that one panel like um is like similar to that lady in the grocery store so you know like yeah that's when she yeah, yeah
2: yeah
1: yeah yeah, yep yeah. Oh, yeah
0: good one aubrey
1: yeah, it's 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 making that um, so you kind of make that connection there, which then they they kind of confirm later. But we start to see something is not right in the city. There's this big crack leading to the city. All the all these rats are coming up out of the sewers. You, we see Urn,
5: yeah.
1: the guy with the yeah. beard. Okay, in the second panel next to him. There's there's like a giant mouse that someone's carrying, like a <laughs> pet. I oh, thought that was yeah. just kind of funny. Um, there's another part later in the book where you see a person walking a giant rat on the leash.
0: Aw. Oh, okay. Shit. I want a big baby like yeah, that. <laughs> absolutely.
2: I have dreams, and I've had so many of these dreams, where my birds, my budgies, so they're small, they're the size of like big fat chickens, and they're like puppies, and yeah. I hang out Aww. with them like they're puppies. Yeah. And I have so many different dreams where they're like that. And it's wild that it's just such a recurring theme. I don't know what that's about. I, just, I don't know. I wish anyway. I could hug them. Yeah, like exactly. That. So that's that's something. Is that something? Yeah, I don't know. It is something.
0: <laughs> Basically, like, he went back to his old house. Behind his old house, there's a giant crater... And then that crack is going all through the city and we see it's just kind of like spreading all the way down.
1: He tries to catch back in the in the uh, police car that he borrowed, I guess. Yeah, and... they were like,
0: just put a towel down. I guess like since he's an yeah. ultra mega, the police just let him take the car.
1: Yeah, it's like everyone's just like taking everything at face value, even though no one really has any clue what any of this right. is. And then he gets in a crash.
0: I love the crash and... bang right there crash bang
1: wakes up with the uh urn and uh steven have arrived jason's current wife mariah has called them let them know something bad's going on yeah steven mentions that he's been his surveillance flagged urn so he's been keeping tabs on this other guy right uh he's got his robot arm and he's on like some sort of device beauty boop Um, that's
0: (laughs) that's the second time we see that same sound effect
1: um, and so then we, then we get a little bit more of the story that i mean we kind of already put together that his wife and unborn child were infected with the kaiju virus Gross. so he ran away instead of letting them transform oh uh, right because ha- if he yeah, was
0: yeah you're right so yeah.
1: it confirms that yeah like these people don't transform unless or at least they don't transform as rapidly because he leaves but obviously in his absence they have been gradually transforming into these monsters yeah mm-hmm. so so it's So is, it's like it ripping a band-aid a
2: off if he gets them while they're yeah. still yeah. little and he is by them and they transform then he can defeat them but if he waits and he doesn't get to them in time then when they transform he can't take them interesting yeah okay that's, uh, that's, I answered that my is, own question yeah
0: that's kind of some of the world building I thought it was also interesting too he says uh I had the city's lawyers arrange something far away so they couldn't hurt anyone. So the city Mm. has lawyers and you can just send them there and say, Hey, this person has the kaiju virus and I'm an ultra mega and please move them away or something. That's why they were so far away. Oh,
3: that's probably why they've been getting the food deliveries too.
0: Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. There's a lot of the world building that's just like implied or you just have
1: to pick it up,
0: which I Uh like that. I think it's really a great way to put you in the middle of all this.
1: I've read this a few times, and I keep picking up little details like that. It's enough, like, is open to interpretation that I don't quite know. Even having read the, the full first volume, there's still so many questions yeah. about what's going on. Um, and, and and again, I think that using such an iconic, like, the the similarity to the Ultraman design is. Kind of to mislead us a bit where you see something and you automatically assume like this is clearly the hero. Right. Right. We've seen this giant alien guy before and he's always saving everyone's life. And as this story progresses, you start to question whether or not that's actually it's if it's as black and white as that. Yeah. Yeah. So Stephen talks about how they've never neglected an infected host for that long. Oh, um,
3: yeah. Yeah, he says like 10 years, Jason.
1: So he says, my guess is you triggered a small metastasis and it grew from there. And it appears like she no longer requires our presence to transform. She's free of us with all the power of that cosmic virus at her disposal. You said she was pregnant. Right. Wow. Yeah. And then, you, and then the next line, see, he goes, first we'll deal with my paws, the boy. So he's trying to distance himself from the responsibility. Right. Yeah. And, and I feel I had read one review that was very negative (laughs) about this because of, because what they perceived as like the very misogynistic treatment of the, of the original wife. But I don't read this guy as necessarily like, he's not supposed to be a, a flawless character
3: yeah I mean, they're I can, all, they're, I mean, well
0: they're
1: all kind of like that they're all
0: just kind of like guys i mean this one guy's profiting off of it and this other guy just said fuck it and just like fucked yeah. off. <laughs> yeah fucked off forever yeah
1: yeah so i mean i kind of I, I i definitely think that the critique is a fair critique but i think that's if you're if you're understanding this guy as a hero and i don't necessarily know that we're supposed to be viewing him that way right it's a little bit more gray
0: yeah
3: and also i guess i kind of took it where he says we're going to deal with who he starts to switch from he's about to say my boy to the boy and the mother i feel like it's like when he talks about how when she transformed he ran away because he couldn't deal with it so i think it's his way of saying like it's easier to dispersonalize him if i refer to him as the the boy and the mother as opposed to my Mm -hmm. boy and my wife
2: yeah, I can't say that I would do any differently if I was in that very weird fucking situation. I'd probably yeah. not want to reference them as anything having to do with me either. Yeah, because it would be too horrifying for me to comprehend. So how is that? I don't know. Oh, that seems normal. That seems like a normal reaction, and under very not normal circumstances.
1: I think the idea is is like these characters are very humanized. You know, they're not. These aren't idealized heroes even though the rest of the world might view them that way it's like
2: when you see a movie where people are transforming into monsters or whatever it is that they're transforming into and you know you hear someone saying yeah but he's this and he's that and then someone corrects him like no it's not a he anymore it's a it it's not the guy that you knew it's not your boyfriend anymore it's a it now it's a thing it's just a mindless monster like yeah you would you know that seems like a very i don't know it's it's fucked up and it's harsh. Like, I don't like any of this. It's disgusting. <laughs> I don't want to see any more intestines or maggots or intestine maggots. But I do understand that that reaction is an understandable reaction in this very fucked up situation.
1: Do yeah. you see, see their little eyes starting to pop out of their chest? Which, Ooh. I don't think we mentioned that. But, like, I mean, at the beginning, he gets his eyeball stabbed into his chest. Yes. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and that sort of seems to be like it activates sure. and they grow. So you've got these three ultra mega teamed up now. I think there's an art mistake where the guy who's missing the arm, his arm switches sides. Oh, does it? Oh,
0: okay. We'll, have, keep a, we'll have to keep an eye on that for for now. Oh, I didn't notice that. His uh, his left uh, or his left hand. His is left the one arm is the one. His left see. arm
1: was the robot arm.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, like if you look at the two panels side by side where they're all posing, mm-hmm. and then the one with the big fists sticking out. He's got, a, he's got both arms.
2: Where it's does the he two have angles? I see no, that's one still arm. the other arm. I see one arm.
3: You said you're looking at the, uh, the issue? I'm looking at the single issue. Maybe oh,
2: they fixed maybe it. For the they trade. Maybe, they fixed maybe they fixed it. Maybe they fixed it in the trade it's fixed. Because oh, we have a different it? thing. I've got the digital that I'm looking at. Yeah. Have, okay. you have
0: to send. Me, I have to pull my issue out. Okay, I should have done that. This is
1: an interesting mystery. I'll have to send you the screen grab. Right. Okay,
0: cool. Interesting. Maybe there was an art mistake.
1: So this giant fist pops up. This arm is... Huge. Bigger hmm. than all three of those guys combined.
3: It's bigger than the buildings right next so to bigger it. Bigger than the
1: buildings, yeah. And then we cut back to Jason's son, Noah, in his little car seat. Mom is uh, trying to get him out of the city in a cab. This I love this detail. All these people are laying down, and the cab is like, why are they all laying down? There's no blood. Uh, Mariah says it's the concussion from the fight. It knocked him out. So the, the force of these guys fighting yeah. is creating like a sonic boom or something. That's that just lying people flat.
0: Yeah, yeah. that's a what yeah. A, what a I interesting thought that was a. Detail,
3: I thought yeah. that was a great detail to add because like, up. Whenever you see like giant fights, like, um, there's always like that shock wave coming out of it in the movies and all that, and you're like, that would be knocking people over. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. just breaking the glass and everything right next to it. But you're standing.
1: <laughs> so they they get out of the cab. Uh, the guy takes off. They start to walk away. And this massive arm comes flying out of the sky and just takes out the whole street. Oh my um, god! It's yeah, so horrible. But kind of like again, it's going back to like the basic premise of like what what if these goofy giant monster shows like were real? Like how what would be the collateral damage? Yeah, and and we see that. And she goes green. Okay, it's not daddy. Right.
0: That's her reaction as she's covered in blood and everything. Mm-hmm. She's just like yeah. So
1: then then we cut to the back to the fight, or kind of like the aftermath of the fight. Steven's obviously dead. He's impaled on this building. Uh, and then what the is- Kaiju son is revealed. He's got this goofy looking like grin as he's chewing on this guy's foot,
5: yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: and his face is like just like kind of like horns kind of curved in on each other, and they it's- pop open, and he's got a skull, and he says, "Father."
0: That's amazing design. I yeah. mean, I know, I, I know it's disgusting, but wow! I was just <laughs> like, I am loving this.
3: It's like a bunch of like tusks arranged to close like a butthole. I don't love it. <laughs> I don't love any of it. I
2: don't want to see uh, more intestines anymore.
0: And then when they pull back on the next page, and you see it from far away. That's amazing. Yes. I mean, I love that. That is, a, I I love that, the sense of scale and the design. Just very cool. Very cool stuff.
1: He's So he's he's eating uh, the main Ultra Mega at Jason's foot. So then Earn says that the eyeball guy made it sound like this was all going to be so black and white. He admits that his son was sleeping next to him when he got that power, and it was the same thing that Jason saw. Only the implication is that he he killed his son. Oh. So that's what that panel was where he's sitting in the in the bedroom with all the blood. Is he actually
0: oh, right. did kill his son yeah. from earlier? That's horrible. I never caught that.
1: And then he talks about how he when he was kind of in exile, he had been exploring the power and realized that they could go to this other level. Yeah. And so he transforms a second time into this to me this reminds me of evangelion when the when the evas go into their berserker mode yeah so he's basically going into berserker mode oh Um, nice he's still missing an eyeball i noticed like in his human form he was missing an eye and this one he's still got the scar across the side of his face so then they fight for a few pages they trade blows the guy urn kind of shows off some abilities that haven't been seen in that initial fight.
0: He's able to shoot like fire lightning, he's able to like breathe. It's kind of like it's Godzilla's uh, yeah, fire breath yeah. or whatever. Yeah. What I thought of.
1: <laughs> then he eventually gets sliced in half. I'm cutting I'm skipping ahead a few pages. Yeah. Like the kaiju who's trying to decide on a name for himself. And again, this as, as awful as this is, they keep going back to this idea that these kaiju are sort of childlike because he's like, I right. could be the Kaiju Prince or <laughs> I could be, you know, reckoning End bringer judgment. You know, right, he's, yeah. he's trying to give himself a cool. Well, those are suggestions
2: from his mother apparently. His, his dear is sweet is mama, <laughs> equally dorky.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and then Ern jumps on him from behind and uses his what is it, ultra body, ultra body bomb? Ultra
0: body bomb. Ultra body bomb.
1: And explodes, but not before the kaiju throws him into the air, so he's he's not harmed.
0: Yeah, it reminds me of uh, Kongska Island. There's a great part on that movie that I like where the the guy... Have you seen that movie, Ross? I don't want to spoil it. Oh, yeah. You. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the guy is going to... He's got all the grenades and he's like, Yeah, I'm going to take out this monster. And it just bats him away and he flies yep. through the air and just explodes on the side of the mountain. It's like, damn, that's cold. That's kind of what happens <laughs> here, too. Yeah. We did, uh, we did kind of skip over the action, but the action is tremendous. I mean, the action, the colors... I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, it is very cool. I, mean, I, I love the designs of these giant things. Like, you know, he's got the the bad one or whatever, the skull one. He's got like these blades on his elbows or whatever and stuff like that. Anyway,
1: and again, like every time these things move, they're just d- taking out entire city blocks. Yeah, and and there's all the lightning and like the big the big like dust clouds and things. And so Urn blows up. Jason yells no, and then there's a panel of the kaiju prince or whatever they're gonna call him um just like the skull with a little yeah pause there almost like to, to me i was interpreting that as like the son is like my dad cared more about this dude oh, than okay. me yeah. know, or like there's something there where he's almost like hmm he's, what, what he's, happened he's witnessing yeah. this emotion that he hasn't witnessed before the kaiju pulls him towards him with his intestines.
0: Yeah, so he's been standing on one of his intestines this entire time. So, yeah, that's pretty... uh
1: Pretty disgusting. He wants to give his dad a embrace. Let us embrace it last.
2: Can't y'all ever pick stuff that,
1: that doesn't have <laughs> intestines And
2: He pulls the eyeball out of his chest. Yeah, oh,
1: he pulls man. the eyeball. And it has a word balloon. It does. Eyeball, it does. The eyeball is also <laughs> wondering what's going on. Yeah, yeah. what's
2: going on here?
1: And, and adorably so he, gross he uh puts it in his fist and does ultra mega fist launch launches his fist into the ground into the
2: ground the <laughs> and, rocket fist into the ground
1: and then the kaiju pops his head off
2: okay yeah. all right
0: yeah that's uh god that that page is incredible uh. and it's just also like it's crushing in a way because you're just like okay this the whatever yeah. you know uh, you talked about it a uh, you mentioned earlier, Ross, that it's kind of like a bait and switch um, at certain yeah. times. And, you know, and this yeah, is definitely not... like, you think that these, the heroes are going to take out the monster and we're going to move on with the story. and But no, this is the end of the story.
1: Yes. The end of this guy's it, it, story. It's like, it's kind of that, like the first season Game of Thrones or first book of the Game of Thrones. With Ned where, So they have every reason to believe that like these people are going to be like the heroes. Yeah. And yeah. they all just get killed one by one.
2: That's interesting, and, I think. That's, that's
1: interesting. Yeah. And you're like, wait, what, what is this comic going to be about? Right. right?
2: Yeah. Lots um, of blood, apparently. Just a lot of it.
1: So the, so all the people who are kind of like sheltering in the alleyways, it starts to rain blood on them. And all the blood <laughs> from this ultra mega corpse, which has got his guts hanging out. He's missing a foot. His, his eyeball chest thing is gone. His arm is gone. Just a Gosh. huge flood of blood oh, it's just... pouring out, filling the streets and everyone's running away. See, and that's like, another
0: thing you wouldn't think about. You wouldn't yeah. think about that, but the amount of, yeah, yeah. Wow.
3: And you see the, uh, the second wife say, Jason, like really softly as the blood starts to rain down. And so she knows it's him. Yeah. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. she, and you see her running with the baby to escape the blood.
1: She doesn't get away in time. She lifts the baby up and drowns in the blood. And then we cut to this, it, like, it, it kind of, the rest of the comic is a little of a, like, epilogue or denouement, denouement where they explain that, like, they, they tried to dig out any survivors, but... Everyone yeah. was scabbed over and dead. It's
0: scabbed uh, it, it again. Another. It said it
3: caked and clotted. It, it's like yeah. fuck.
0: Yeah. I mean that's what would happen, but it's like you never think about that. What a what a weird world that no, this, you, like, something like this would happen.
1: Yeah, like imagine like an episode of Power Rangers where after they come out of those Zords, they have to help the cleanup crew like get all the monster bits Ugh. off of the high school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's like, got to move up is, that
3: monster gut.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Does blood um, does blood actually clot and scab outside of a body? Because I, I I'm wondering like isn't that how does that if work? If it was
0: left open to air, I don't know. Cause well, I mean, if
3: maybe like de- you know ba- it's kind of like evaporating, and that's the the
2: doesn't that have to do with platelets and stuff? I don't know. I don't know. I don't it's know. gross though. What I'm looking at is gross. Don't think I mean, about it too much. <laughs> I mean,
3: I mean, blood does dry on things, so. Sure. Yeah. Yes, yeah. He does.
2: Oh, it does. So it does. It would heard. eventually. This... <laughs> it would eventually do that.
1: In this quantity. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Yeah. Who knows? There's so a baby they, in there, though. They get the baby. Noah, right? Noah's the son. Yeah. They get Noah. Who survived the flood. Ugh. Then there's like, yeah, they're kind of just showing the aftermath of the city, all, all the people who died in, in the fight. Then it starts to get, like, weird, like, kind of into the politics of the ultra-mega, you know, no longer kind of viewed in high regard because they failed them and the government establishes their powers. Like, okay, these ultra mega are gone. They are going to take their place, kind of establishes like a fascist sort of thing where they've got these giant robots that are supposed to protect people now. But of course, yeah.
4: when they build what's walled the point of the
1: robots, if nobody's turning into monsters anymore, you know, it leaves a lot of questions about that. Supposedly they have a way of testing who has the Kaiju virus. But again, is that is that true, or are they just, yeah, you know, getting rid of the lower classes, right? And they build this huge wall around the city, and and everyone outside the wall is is basically just living off of, you know, food drops that they're giving them. There's just tons of stuff that kind of just gets crammed into a couple pages.
0: Yeah. So um, everybody who has the virus is now like exiled. Yeah, I, I I have to point out I, I just noticed this right now. There's a sign when it's showing those giant robots. It says Moloch lives. Is, Moloch
2: lives.
0: Isn't that a is that a Watchmen
1: reference? I, Moloch, uh, well, a Watchmen Moloch is a Watchmen character. Yeah, a, that's like a Mesopotamian demon. Yeah, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, oh, I, yeah, I recognize
0: it from In the Chapel of Moloch from the Hellboy story. So I know it's like yeah. a it, it has reference to that. But it made me think of Watchmen because okay. I thought. One of the villains was supposed to be... Let me
2: Google this here. The Moloch. Bible strongly they- condemns practices associated with Moloch, practices which appear to have included child sacrifice.
3: Mm. I like this robot with its one eye in the center of its face. It reminds me of Shockwave from the G1 Transformers.
0: <laughs>
1: he does look like that.
0: What is your command, Megatron?
1: Yeah, so, so it's kind of like this whole first issue was setting up this more kind of Mad Max kind of status quo yeah like like everything whatever society used to be it's entirely falling apart at this point yeah the last couple pages they say a year later and here's this little dude who's got an orange jumpsuit on and he's got a hood on but his eyeballs are the same as the ultra mega right
0: yeah he's kind of
1: cosplaying a little bit there yeah yeah he's Digging through this scrapyard and gets excited because he finds this robot hand and he finds this uh, cube, which is uh, like some sort of power source. And I I like this bit: a drone flies over and he has an umbrella that's like camouflage, like the trash that he hides under. That's cool. What a nice
0: little detail. Yeah, pretty
1: smart. He grabs the cube, goes down the sewers, and climbs out somewhere where there's these guys who have. they call themselves the Kaiju Clan. They have these red hoods on with some like goofy, like yeah. spiky teeth and right. eyeballs. Yeah. He pulls out his arm and attaches the robot arm. Okay. Oh yeah. Right on. Yeah. And then he says, uh, "I fight monsters. I stand for humanity. I stand with the Ultra Mega."
2: Right on. He's got and a little eyeball in the middle of his hoodie. I like that a lot. That's yeah.
1: Cool. yeah. Oh, he's got the yeah the chest.
0: He drew, eyeball. He drew an eyeball in his
2: chest, like yeah. he's the guy.
1: And it, and it just ends like that, and we have no idea what's
2: going on. What's yeah. going on? We don't know. <laughs>
0: so now the humans are the Ultramegas and the Kaijus. You know what I mean? Right. Like there's the yeah. Kaiju clan, yeah. and then I stand with Ultramega. So it's it's like... a very
2: Batman and a bunch of goofy jokesters yeah. on the street yeah, situation. The,
1: the human beings that are still that survived this big fight have like kind of picked sides of who they think. Doesn't see
2: themed? Gangs. I would love some themed yeah. clans. You would love to see some of that, wouldn't yeah. you? Some like have some creativity or some inspiration to your horrible little uniforms. We just get like a bunch of, you know, yeah, it's just the same old, same old. Just at least dress it up a little. I'd get some weird monster masks.
1: <laughs> I, I have I, to I say, I love those oh. uh, those um, black light neon guys and those uh, the Schumacher Batman yeah, movies. Yeah, right. Oh they're
2: they're great. yeah, oh yeah, those were great. great. <laughs> I'm
1: loving it. Who the hell are you? I'm
2: Batman. <laughs> One thing that I
0: think is remarkable about this book that I really like is the sound effects. I mentioned it mm-hmm. a couple times, but especially in these last yeah. couple pages, yeah. you know, the, the kid, when he goes down to the sewer, it says splish. I really like, I thought I that was think, cute. Yeah. I
1: think most of the sound effects were hand-drawn. I think
0: yeah. Yeah. most yeah. of the sound effects. And on this last page, when he changes out the fist, you know, that is just amazing. I mean, I love those... Uh, yeah, the the different colors, the different look of the different um, sound effects. The onomatopoeias are really nice, really stands out.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I said, like when I first read this, I was just blown away. It was so bizarre and weird and action packed. I didn't know what to expect. I, you know, I, I, I was one of those few times where I actually just like reread the issue immediately after reading it. I, I will say like having having with the four issues that are out the next three issues. Go an entirely different direction. Yeah. It, it leaves you on a note that's from from the perspective of, like, I went to film school. I learned a very, like, formal approach to writing a feature two-hour film. And, and there's a formula that you follow. There's certain right. um, yeah. pacing and, and, like, you know, three- or five-act structures that you use. And this doesn't really fit in nicely to that which to me is always it's a little exciting because i'm like i I genuinely don't know where this is gonna go and for me that's usually i mean that's as a reader as a as a audience member that's one of the things that i value most is not knowing not being able to predict where something's gonna get exactly
0: that's a good way of saying it i i i feel like even though you know you pick up the book and you go oh okay kaijus and a giant Ultraman okay I get it but no I mean they they really uh James Heron really like I feel like he makes it fresh he makes it kind of different and interesting where it is like its own thing and its own world building and um yeah yeah I I, I really I really love this
1: he kind of like says you know this this thing that you thought you were gonna get is is actually awful and, and now it's going to be something else.
5: Like,
3: yeah. You know, yeah. it's like,
1: because the second issue, I mean, it's, it's equally as gross, but it also gets a little bit goofier. Yeah. And well, a little bit, you know, yeah. There's not, Without giving away any spoilers, there's some goofy things that happen in later issues.
3: John John was like, "Oh, we're only going to read issue one. I was like, okay, I got you into issue one. I'm like, no, I'm not stopping. I just <laughs> went, and read the whole, I went and read the whole trade.
0: <laughs> it was Had, so you, good. Yeah, I'm excited to come back and talk more about them, because it does go in a different direction, and again, I'm just loving James Heron, like, I mean, for him to come out with his own book and for it to be this, I'm just like, yes, I'm I'm very happy that, uh, and I'm happy for him, too, that he's doing well, and that his books are, you know, they're selling out, his pages are able to command a high price, and you know, he deserves it. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm yeah, glad that it's... more people are seeing his book. And I was excited when Cody Dolan, book club member, you know, wrote in and said, hey, why don't you guys talk about Ultra Mega? Because I just read it and it was nuts, you know, and I'm like, yes, perfect.
1: James Heron is definitely like one of those guys you describe as like an artist artist, right? A lot of artists in the comic book industry love what he does. And but of course, like so many of us, the People have get that imposter syndrome, and you start to wonder, like, you know, am I really as, as good, or is everyone just blowing smoke up my ass, or whatever? For someone to go out on a limb and and do a book like this, yeah, it's got to feel great to know that it was well received. I know he's working on a second volume right now. Yeah, uh, I yeah. don't, I don't. They haven't announced it officially, I don't think. Yeah. Um, but he yeah he's mentioned that he's he's working on the next volume and I'm I'm just curious to see where he goes because it's so fun to see someone you know if you think about like Jack Kirby doing things on his own without Stan Lee right just like what what is this person's like unfiltered right yeah um, yeah you know what do they just drawing whatever they want to draw I mean that's that's you know what Mike Mignola did with Hellboy right yeah he yeah. just kept going deeper and deeper down the rabbit hole of what he wanted to do. Yeah, just from that perspective is like I don't know, I just think this type of thing it's 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 fun to see creators who are afforded the ability to just kind of go wild.
0: Yeah. And not
1: not try to necessarily yeah. fit to something that's going to be mainstream yeah. or fit into the box i'm gonna
0: put out a weird comic where everybody all the heroes die and the first issue is 65 pages long ready give me my money i'm gonna sign (laughs) that contract and they're like yes yes dude let's do this i think that that's amazing and you know we get to enjoy the 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 end product so yeah very cool ross so i'm looking forward to having you back on in a couple of weeks and we'll talk about uh some more ultra mega goodness excellent all right, so excellent, Ross. It's so great to talk to you, man, and uh, yeah. I'm glad you're able to peek your head out before you go back to work on more st- <laughs> on more on more stuff. Yeah, you know. Um, but uh, I'm always excited to see what you're putting out. We're super pumped to for Malagro to come out. We'll definitely have to come back and talk to you about that. Thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah, if, thank, if, thank you for inviting me. I was hoping to get together with you to do a Christmas thing, and so this is de- this is not exactly a winter <laughs> theme thing. But hey, you know what no. I mean. Hey, who cares? You know what I mean. We'll we'll do whatever we want.
1: Not everybody even
2: gives a shit about Christmas, so that's <laughs> fine. You with me. <laughs> yes, exactly.
1: So it's all good. When you've worked as many Black Fridays as I have, yeah. I mean. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Yes, that's sort of all. Like, Let, you know, let's put our head down together. And, yeah, let's put let's put our head
0: down and read some Ultra Mega this, instead.
1: This is what Christmas felt like for me. There it is. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Excellent. Yes. Yes. All right. Need to be a Grinch. Yeah. But, you know.
2: <laughs> I will. Yes. I'll do it.
0: I hope you guys enjoy the episode and have a great holiday. And now Aubrey's going to say all the things.
3: All right, everybody. Ultra Mega. That was fucking. Fun as hell and gory as shit. <laughs> I want to hear your thoughts, though. Send us a hey-you-damn-guys at bookclubmembercomics at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at bookclubmembercomics and on Twitter at bookclubmembers. You can always find the podcast wherever you get your podcast from. The music provided by Only Beast. Special thank you to Paul from Goddardhorn for the listener theme. Yes. Thank you, Ross, for joining us today. Thank you, Danielle. Sorry for putting up with this all this blood and guts <laughs> I've for four years. i got a
2: challenge for y'all. Can, it's called the... Can you come up with something that I'm, that doesn't upset some, me I'm on I'm such a visceral level
3: something. challenge? Thank you, John, for the editing and the wonders and the bringing us all together for friendship. Next week, we're taking the week off. <laughs>
0: yeah, we're probably going to take the week off next week, guys. Yeah, yeah
3: for the holidays. I mean, it's just going to be too busy. Uh, but
2: We won't even get to hang out with Ross Radke. Yeah. So yeah. not even worth
0: it. <laughs>
3: but in. Two weeks, two weeks we are going to be returning to invincibles yes. reading issues five through eight. uh and danielle i'm sorry this oh, cool. no. it's not as bad as this it's not as bad as this you can cover your eyes uh, okay i will i will so you know what to do pull out them back issues trades omnis digitals the hoopla app get a I'll telescope a and and see if you can read one from the moon um <laughs> <laughs> uh, and join us In two weeks Uh, on Book Club Member Comics. Thanks
0: for listening, everybody. I'm John
2: Salinas. I'm an eyeball in the middle of your chest. I'm Ross Radke.
3: And
0: I'm Robbie Lovelace saying,
3: eat them all for you, my queen.
5: Uh. No! (laughs)